0: Former Virginia Governor Jim Gilmore has been in a lot of elections statewide. He I mean he and local elections. I mean, he was Commonwealth's attorney and in Rico back at the beginning of his career and has helped with a lot of other people's campaigns. So I do want to talk about Ukraine, but Governor Gilmore, I, <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you what's your assessment of what happened Tuesday night into Wednesday with the results we're seeing. And good morning to
2: you. Well, well, good morning. Good morning to you. I'm in Alexandria this morning. I've been in Washington, D.C. for two days at the Council of American Ambassadors talking mm-hmm. about Ukraine and also China. Uh, but, you know, you can't ignore the, uh, the election, of course. And look, um, uh, I campaigned a lot, uh, both for the congressional candidates, Hung Kao and Yesley Vega and Rob Whitman and Terry Young, King, uh, Dan King, down in uh, the 3rd. Right. And then I've also been asked to campaign a lot for campaigns that are going to run this year. Uh, at all levels, state, senate, uh, house of delegates. So I've, I've been around and I've got a feel for it. Look, you ask me, I'll, I will tell you. Uh, first of all, I'm not down in the mouth about this. Uh, I think that it was always wrong just to assume that there was going to be some red wave. The country is, is divided at this point. Uh, it's divided into sort of, sort of tribes and teams. Uh, and it's unrealistic to think you're going to change that overnight. Uh, if there's one thing that I think is disturbing, it is that people voted more with their identities in this election across the country than they did about their pocketbooks or their well-being. Uh, we're, we're Republicans, and I look, I wear two hats. I'm a nonpartisan when I'm dealing with Ukraine, and I'm dealing with diplomatic matters, because I was nonpartisan as a United States ambassador. But then, of course, everybody knows I've got a Republican hat. I've always have had a Republican hat, and I'm wearing it right now. And it would seem to me that the challenge that the Republicans have is we've got to focus people less on their identity and more on issues. And if you do that, I mean, I think that, that Donald Trump did a lot of things on issues with border and with the economy and uh, jobs and, you know, really moving the, to the country forward. But on the other hand, the focus that people have had on him has been about his tone and the way that he sort of behaves personally. Uh, so I think that that is still going to emerge, but we're a long way from it. We're still two years from it. Well, we've got Virginia elections right now, and I think a lot of these issues will be played out in Virginia in these House of Delegates to state Senate races.
0: Well, President Trump appointed you as the ambassador to Europe, so I don't know what your feeling or sense of loyalty is to the man who offered you that opportunity and supported you in it. And he may announce that he's seeking the Republican nomination next week, and then everybody who runs in Virginia is going to have to respond to that. Um, I mean, I could I could argue that you just say, "Hey, I'm going to support the Republican nominee because we've got the best ideas," and then pivot into your speech about economic matters and and, and the other issues where we might be successful. But I, I candidly, I don't know that that's going to work based on what we saw on Tuesday.
2: Well, I think we have to assess the state and the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, uh, I'm really not down in the mouth about this. It, it looks to me like that the Republicans are going to take over the the Congress. Now, that that was a time when that would have been unheard of, quite frankly. And I I think that uh, now uh, there will be a new Republican speaker. I think a lot of the crazy woke policies that uh, have hurt our schools and our students so much are going to not continue to proceed. Hmm. uh, Because I think we're going to have a new Republican House that can at least put the brakes on that kind of thing. Might even have a uh, one-vote majority in the Senate. I'm not down about this at all. I think that we had a very good, as Republicans, a very good election. Didn't get everything we wanted, but whoever does in, in the United States of America, right?
0: Well, have you announced what you'll do if President Trump comes out and says that he wants to lead? You know, on right. Tuesday, he says he's seeking the nomination? or
2: do you- No, no, listen, I'm I'm uh, grateful to people who have helped me along, all the way from the president down to the individual voter. Uh, and I make that clear to everybody. Uh so, but I don't think I've got any obligation at this point to to, to vote one way or support one person or another. And besides, Glenn Youngkin is really making a move to run for president. I think I'd like to wait to see how that plays out uh, before I start getting on board somebody else's bandwagon. Uh, but the key is not any of this personal stuff. It's what is in the best interest of people. And we Republicans are going to have to make that case that our policies are better that uh, that the far left wing policies are not better for them or for America. Uh, the Republican program is better, but I don't think that's what we saw in the election results. I think people retreated back to their tribes and to their groups and voted that way. And besides, take a look at the House of uh, Representatives in Virginia. What you we only needed six votes across the entire United States to change the entire Congress over, and we we donated one of those six seats here in Virginia when Jane Kiggins won down there in Virginia Beach. Uh, you know, I would uh, I campaigned for uh, Yesley Vega, and I would really very much wanted her to win. Uh, but at the end of the day, people retreated back to their groups and voted for Spanberger, and uh, she has been reelected. So there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, Virginia uh, American politics, Virginia politics are churning, uh, and I think we have a lot to learn both from the election and for the election going forward. When you look at the numbers,
0: do you think this is all about the maps and the demographics? of the maps? Because I thought, yes, I was really not just hoping that Yesley Vega would win, but trying to be analytical about it, as objective as I can be, I thought she might have a real shot at this. But I'm wondering whether the maps and the demographics and the the population centers just make that impossible.
2: Yeah, look, there are three things I think that really matter. Number one is the districts themselves. And and Spanberger proved that by not running in a district she didn't even live in because she thought it was going to be more favorable to her. Uh, and uh you know, and she was right right she uh, she the, the It was a more favorable place than trying to run against Rob Whitman in that very republican first district right. uh so uh, the maps do matter, the demographics matter, the demographic's not better in Virginia Beach, and Jen Kickens won, so the maps are very key, and uh, candidates know that second, the quality of the candidate is good uh, the, uh we We focus a lot on that, and we will continue to, but the the quality of the candidate does matter. And then third is issues, and I'm not sure that is predominating right now. Hmm. Uh, but I think hmm. that the burden on Republicans is to make the case, and then hope that the voters at some point will vote their own interests.
0: Uh, did this election impact the United States assessment or commitment in Ukraine? You think? I mean, a lot of Republicans are second guessing the commitments we have made in the last year, and
2: well, John, I'm not accurate. to
0: the one-year point, but what do you think?
2: Yeah, look, I'm very active on this. I just sent a letter to Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she made some comment about how the new Republican majority would not send a penny to Ukraine. I sent mm-hmm. her a pretty abrupt letter and told her to stop doing that stuff, that uh, she's carrying the Russian message. The Russians, look, the Russians are losing on the battlefield. They're, this morning, they're losing on the battlefield. I could talk about all that we did in Washington. Uh, but uh, uh, the main thing is they could, there's a second battlefield now. And that second battlefield is the United States of America and the information war that's going to go on in this country. Uh, but I'm not really worried about the Republican, no, I am worried about it, but I, I don't think that the Republican isolationists are going to dominate. I don't think that. And I'm going to make sure that they don't. Uh, I think that we have to support Ukraine. This is a pivotal moment. If the Ukrainians continue to succeed on the battlefield, we may avert what I fear is a much larger war in the future. I think it's our last chance to avert that. We don't want a big war, and I think that the Ukrainians' victory for their own sovereignty and safety and liberty is the best way to do that. I mean, we got darn lucky here, John. Somebody's resisting Russia, and it ain't even us. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. that uh, this is a good opportunity, and I'm not, I'm not going to stand for Republican isolationists, who I believe are a small minority, uh, to take over and dominate that policy issue regarding Ukraine.
0: So I I think I've become kind of like a broken record when I talk to you about this. But look at the calendar, because the pay, you know, look, even for things that I think everybody was unified about, like um, uh, going after the terrorists in Afghanistan, Iraq, um, uh, there is a timetable at which the commitment runs out. And if, if Russia's losing on the battlefield now, is there any way to look at the calendar into 2023 and say, we should be able to stomp these people or embarrass them badly enough or hurt them badly enough
2: where they'll walk away?
0: Is there any well, end that you, oh,
2: scenario that you can see? What are you talking about now, the Russians or the American Socialists? Well, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I think no. you're talking about the Russians. Look, uh the, the the fact is this, we have to stay the course on this, John. I mean, yeah. You can't just allow the Russians to dictate the calendar by just sticking. And they're not sticking. The Russians are being pushed back daily, every day. Mm-hmm. And this is a big deal. This is a big deal. They're withdrawing now from Kherson, which is the major capital that they had captured during their invasion. They're withdrawing because the Ukrainians are pushing them back. They're putting untrained soldiers, or so really citizens almost, into their field because they don't have any more trained troops those untrained citizens will be slaughtered by the ukrainians uh and i think this is a real challenge for russia's imperialistic designs look there's just no you have to have staying power on this yeah well there's, all you of these cannot allow the russians to just outwait us
0: yeah well that's been one of our mistakes in the past as we get involved in these things even even if it's a tangentially, and then we don't have the staying power. Everybody gets upset and they walk away and then the bad guy wins in the end. And I think that message has gotten across. Governor, I appreciate it. I got to run, but uh, thank you so much for coming on every week and we'll talk to you again soon.
2: Thank you for the invitation every week. I look forward to talking to you.
0: Yes, sir. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.